welcome to Not Remotely Entertaining, the series that looks at lockdown in a different light. We all miss the theatre, the cinema and our favourite TV shows, but what about the people who work in the entertainment industry? Each week we look at the challenges and changes of lockdown from a new perspective. My name is Erin LaCroix, and I live in Manhattan, New York, and I recently played Christine in The Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Hi Erin, and welcome to the very last show of Series 1. This week we get the international perspective of how lockdown has affected the performing arts industry, and not only that, but from Broadway itself, which is the biggest hub of theatre alongside the West End. So we can't wait to look at the differences. Can you tell us about your career so far? So I moved to Manhattan, I guess it was about five years ago. And I, I graduated um, from uh, college, Oklahoma City University. Um, and right after that, I went on the road and I did a national tour of Jekyll and Hyde by Frank Wildhorn. Um, I played Emma Carew. So I was on the road for about seven or eight months and then moved to New York City after that. I auditioned a lot. <laughs> and um, really, I guess my first professional production after living in New York City is I did a world premiere of this show called Susatska in Toronto. Um, and actually, Judy Kay, who was the original um, Carlotta in Phantom of the Opera um, in New York, was in that show with me, which was really fun. And Nick Wyman, who was also in the original company of Phantom of the Opera, was also in that show with me. And then, um, so I did that for four and a half months in Toronto. And then came back, and then I did Assassins at New York City Center, which um, New York City Center is right across the street from Carnegie Hall. Um, so I did that, and then I, uh, while I was doing that, I auditioned for and booked Sweeney Todd at Barrow Street Theater. And I don't know if you all heard of that production with the, the Tooting Arts Club, they, they did it over there um, in the UK, the immersive Sweeney Todd production, um, but they, they brought that to New York. So, so I did that. I played Joanna. Um, I had to dye my hair blonde, if you can imagine that. <laughs> um, I did that for about six months. And then um, I, I did a regional production of Brigadoon, which has become one of my favorite musicals. And then after that, I, um, I booked Phantom of the Opera. And I was in that for about, that was my Broadway debut. And I did that for about a year and a half. How did um, the performing arts within the US, how does everyone react to this lockdown? Well, um, it was really hard. Well, it still is hard, but it, it was really hard um, in the beginning, I think just because we were all trying to figure out what exactly was happening. Um, so I will tell you, I when they so we got the news that um, Broadway was shutting down on March 12th. And I had just that morning, I had been in um, two hours of a workshop rehearsal for 1776. 
And then I went straight to my matinee at Phantom. And the day before, there had been some rumblings about Broadway potentially shutting down, but we thought we were going to get through to maybe next week. And um, I remember I, I got to the theater, got ready, was getting ready to go on for my first entrance, and one of the stagehands next to me said, oh boy, they're shutting down Broadway today at 5 p.m. And that, that, so I got the news as I was going on stage and nobody else knew on that, at that point, cause my whole cast was on stage for Hannibal at that point. So I went on stage, did think of me, went all the way through the music of the night, went off stage and my, my dresser and Leon, who um, helps me with my, my wigs, they said, well, Aaron, they've said that the Broadway is going to shut down until April 12th. And my last show with Phantom was supposed to be April 11th. And I went, what? So this is, this is it right now. So that, that was all crazy in the moment. So I found out in the middle of a show, which ended up being my final show (laughs) with Phantom. And, um, it was, you know, it was really hard in the moment. Um, we had a, we had a mandatory company meeting right after the show. And it was a little chaotic because people, we were just trying to wrap our minds around what was actually happening. They told us to grab belongings from our dressing rooms if there were things that we needed, you know, for the next month. Um, and I mean, New York City shut down pretty quickly. And I actually left the city the day after. My family lives in central New Jersey. So there may be maybe an hour to an hour and a half outside of Manhattan. So I left and went to stay with them thinking, you know, maybe it was only going to be for a month or so. And here we are. And it's, (laughs) it's what the middle of June, (laughs) you know, I think, I think early on, we all really didn't understand uh, the severity of it all, you know, um, so I, I have gone back into the city a few times and, um, at the first time I went back into the city after everything, I, I cried cause I, I, I went down and saw the theater district and it was just dead. I mean, silent, nobody around and New York is just such a bustling city. And that's one of the things that I love about it so much, you know, is everybody, everybody is going somewhere. Everybody has a purpose. And I, I just, I love the energy there. So um, seeing it that way was very jarring. Um, but every, I mean, you know, everybody's been handling it differently. I think some better than others. But I think that our theater community specifically has really banded together I actually, I serve with this, um, this organization, it's called Broadway Hearts, and we go to children's hospitals um, in New York City and play Broadway bingo um, with the kids. A lot of times they're too sick to leave their rooms, so we're um, broadcast to their rooms. Um, but we do like a Broadway bingo. They can call in when they get a bingo or, or, you know, text when they get a bingo. So we do that or we'll, we'll have sing-alongs sometimes. Um, we've gone to the Ronald McDonald house a couple of times, but you know, what's cool is we've been able to actually still do this with them via zoom. And that's like the beauty of technology right now, like what we're able to do right now, you know, so we've, we've been able to do that. Um, I know a few people, um, a few of my friends have actually made um, 
they've made like music videos at home to send to the kids to just like help brighten their days. Um, so there's silver linings if you look for them. Aside from the rehearsals that you mentioned, have there been any other projects that have been cancelled because of lockdown? Oh yeah, I mean everything, everything here. Everything's um, maybe not fully cancelled, but definitely put on hold. So I was supposed to, I was supposed to be in Cambridge, Massachusetts, right now at the American Repertory Theater, um, doing seventeen seventy six. We actually did two weeks worth of online workshops. What would have been our first two weeks of rehearsal in Manhattan, um, and. I was going to, I was supposed to overlap Phantom one week with that. My last week of Phantom was going to be my, also my first week of rehearsals for 1776. And, um, it actually worked surprisingly well on Zoom. And I think we were probably, if not the first, one of the first theater companies to do something like that. So it kind of felt historic in a way, I guess. <laughs> um... But uh, we so it, it was great. We, um, I mean, obviously, we, we you kind of hit a wall at some point because there's only so much you can do um, on Zoom with theater. But we were able to do like a table read of the show. Our um, music team had made tracks of some of the music, so we were able to listen to some of that. Um, our costume designer was able to give uh, a costume design presentation as well as our scenic designer. Um, you know, Diane spoke to us about her, her idea and concept of the show. Obviously we did meet and greet with the cast on zoom. They had, um, a few professors from Harvard came and gave us some lectures. Um, and we had group discussions, um, so it, it, you know, it actually, it was really great. And it, I think it really helped people's spirits because that was still pretty early on in all of that, all of this, this was maybe two weeks, two, three weeks after the, after the lockdown. Um, it really helped everybody's spirits cause we would have rehearsal for four or five hours during the day and, um, to just gather and, um, to have something to focus on and to work on, to give us a little bit of purpose during this time. Because it's tricky being a being a, a performer um, in the midst of all of this. Talking about all the things that you've been doing remotely, have there been any has there been any talk of like doing performances remotely or anything like that? Um, well, I did do so. My alma mater, um, Oklahoma City University, we did a benefit concert for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. So they reached out to a bunch of um, alums who, you know, have been on Broadway, are on Broadway currently, um, to to put together a concert. And so I actually recorded a duet with a friend of mine, Jeremy Hayes, who was actually a former Rowell at Phantom of the Opera. We didn't do it at the same time, but we both went to OCU at, at different times as well. But we did um, No One Is Alone from from into the woods. But that's been something I've been having to learn as well because, you know, you play the it's so weird recording yourself into a computer, but you play the track, you know, in one ear 
And then I just sang my part, imagining what it was like Jeremy singing his part. But then they put the two videos together and it's great. But so, you know, I, I have done that. Um, and I've done a couple of other things online, like on Instagram live with a couple of people and I've sung online. But yeah, there are, there are virtual concerts happening for sure. Um, I've actually had some friends who have put together their own personal concerts and they've just, you know, maybe they might charge people a fee and they give that to a charity, you know, whatever money they make for their concerts, they give it to a charity. So, you know, and that's what, that's one thing that I love about our community so much is the theater community is just so generous. And at a time when I feel like we're just really hurting and and people are unemployed and it's not like we're in a position to really work from home <laughs> you know um the theater community still chooses to give back and and that's one of the reasons i i just i love i love the, th- the theater people so much that there's any big goal that you want to achieve after lockdown like there's a one specific thing well I have well a couple of things one thing I would really love to do at some point I so I did my first solo concert with a pops orchestra um in New Jersey Ocean City Pops last summer and what I would really love to do is build a couple of solo shows and a big dream of mine would be able to take those solo shows throughout the country and perform with different pops orchestras. There is nothing more thrilling to me than singing with an orchestra. I just love it. Um, So that's one big dream. And I mean, another big dream of mine was, you know, I would, I would love to perform at the Tonys one day, you know, and actually, I mean, with, with with 1776 you know we'll we'll have a cast album and you know if we're nominated that will probably happen so you know that's that's another big dream of mine um and you know hopefully that may come to fruition next year we'll see but that's that's another big dream After the coronavirus, do you think shows will have to change in format and cast size? Do you think this is going to change a lot of things? Yeah, I think it's um well for shows currently that are that are still currently there. Um, I think that it's definitely going to change in regards to the audience. Um, I mean, there's still a lot of talk and a lot of speculation about that. I don't, I don't really know how it's all going to work. I don't know if they fully know yet. Um, I mean, I would assume, you know, temperatures would be taken when people come in. I would assume people in the audience are going to have to wear masks. Um, I think one of my big questions that I've raised and that people in my, my cast have raised, because we have, um, I don't do it every week, but we have a Zoom call with our phantom company every week to just check in and hang out on Zoom. But one of the questions that we've asked is, well, you know, as actors, we work so closely together and we're in each other's personal spaces all the time. And you think about a show like The Phantom of the Opera and you have to have the ending. (laughs) You know, I mean... It doesn't really work 
without the ending. So I think our question is, okay, well, we can take care of the audience, but how do you take care of the actors with all of this and this, this social distancing? And because obviously we can't do that on stage. So, you know, I don't, I don't know how they're going to handle that. I mean, I would assume, I, I believe the, the Phantom of the Opera World Tour, I have a couple of friends on that. Um, every time they come into work, their temperature is taken. Um, and I know that they were, they were shut down for a couple of weeks because a couple of people um, caught COVID. And so everybody self-isolated for two weeks before they could start up again. Um, so I would assume that they would have our temperatures taken, you know. Um, but I don't know how that's going to work um, with actors. You know, at least, I guess, before we have some sort of vaccine. There's going to be a big delay in opening Broadway up again. Oh yeah, they're speculating here. It's not going to be till January of 2021. Um, and right now we're technically shut down um, until Labor Day in September. Um, but it's I don't foresee Broadway happening until next year. Um, and even then, I don't think they mean shows are going to reopen in January. I think they mean they're going to try to start rehearsals in January. And, you know, and that's the thing too, is everybody's been out of the show for months. So they're going to have a lot of rehearsal. They're probably going to have to rehearse for about a month or so before they can even put the show back up. So, you know, I think people are hoping early spring sometime in March, maybe. Are international artists working on Broadway likely to be fewer with the restrictions that are in place, do you reckon? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I don't know, to be honest. I hope not. Um, I don't think... You know, the thing... I feel like the thing is... We obviously want to be smart about all of this, but we also can't live in fear with it. Um, and so I don't think that there needs to be, personally, I don't think that there needs to be restrictions on international artists coming in. But I just, I, you know, I do think that people just have to be smart about it, you know, as we're, as we're trying to figure out what this is and how to rectify the situation. Um, and, you know, hopefully a, a vaccine will, will help solve that. But yeah, I don't, I personally don't think there need to be restrictions on that. Do you think it's going to be harder for our generation to get into the industry with everything that's gone on? You know... <laughs> Margot, I like to be, I really, I'm a glass half full type person, but I've thought about this. <laughs> it, I, I will say, yeah, it's, it's, it has made me pause and think that it may be, um, for various reasons. I think I think it will be. It's it's already hard. <laughs> but I think it it may be 
you know, even more challenging for a whole, for several different reasons that I've, I've thought about. Do you think there would be any advice out there to make it a little bit easier? I think that if you could do anything else, do it. But if you can't, if you're like, this is what I have to do. This is what, you know, brings a fire to my soul. I have to do this. Then, you know, I think then absolutely go for it 100%. Um, and, you know, I think it's uh, one, uh, one thing that I've thought about recently is like, um, you know, you're always going to be working. So these people that you see that are really successful, like Kelly O'Hara, like Kristen Chenoweth, they're still, they are some of the hardest workers. And they don't just have things handed to them. You know, you're always working. So it's not like, oh, I, you know, I, I made it to Phantom of the Opera and I'm playing Christine and I'm on Broadway and this is it and I can like write it out. That's not how it works. You're still working behind the scenes. You know, like I was going to those auditions in order to book the next thing. So, you know, I think I would encourage, you know, whoever wants to do this to to just make sure you have a really strong work ethic to be developing that now because it's a lot of hard work and it's it's not really going to slow down. Um, but then also... I think what helps me is to to remember that the people um, in the room on the other side of the table are cheering for you because they really hope that you're the one that they need for this show. And so they really hope that they can book you because, you know, they're trying to fill a void in their show and they hope that you're going to fill that void. And so to walk into the room with that mentality knowing that, okay, they're on my side. They want me to do well because that's going to help them out a lot, you know, if I am right for this. That helps. And then also, I think too, just um, for me anyways, what has helped me is the only person you're competing with is yourself. You're not competing with other people around you because we're all individuals and we're all so unique and we all have different things to offer. We're going to see characters in a different way. We're going to sound different vocally. And so really you're just competing, I think, against your best. Um, and, you know, just always striving for more excellence. Um, so I think if you look at it that way, in a way it takes a little bit of some of the pressure off. So then you can just enjoy and be present in the room. Thank you so much, Erin, for coming on the show today, our last episode of the series. I can't think of any better way to end it, to be honest. It's been amazing hearing the differences between America and what we have here at home. And I think... Whilst it might seem to be a bit uncertain at the moment, there is a sense of hope. And as you said, people are taking part in projects, and from what we've learnt over the course of this series, from everyone we've spoken to, is that we're all in the same boat. 
which is really reassuring. But I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next few months. But thank you so much for coming on the show today and giving us your time to talk to us. It's been amazing. Thanks for having me. Good luck on everything on via Zoom right now. <laughs> Back to school. <laughs> Remotely Entertaining was a Milestone at Hearst production. It featured Erin LaCroix as our guest this week. It was created by the Milestone Productions team, Chloe Hester, Heather Law, Ellie Raywood, Martha G, Anna Jackson, Beth Clear, and Margot Campbell. Original music was by Holly Townsend. The producer was Luke Gasper and it was a production from Hearst Point College. 